0: Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Tesla busts out a huge third quarter as they'd hoped to do. The California DMV isn't a fan of the term autopilot. Prospective Tesla owners now have two fewer pink color choices and more. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast episode 62 for October 9th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks as always for joining me. I start this week with a a sigh of relief personally as my PC problems seem to have finally been rectified. Sadly, it cost me about $133 to do so. Uh, It was in fact a faulty secondary hard drive. I run two hard drives, a, a main system SSD drive and then a a, a secondary drive, and that secondary one, which didn't have much on it, but it was the one I was doing all of my Ride the Lightning podcast stuff off of, uh, crapped out on me, and swapped finally after trying a number of things, uh, Windows-based cures, that see, looked like it was going to work, <laughs> and then the drive ended up ultimately failing, so swapped it out, no problem, Good to be good to have a nice, reliable computer back again. <laughs> Uh, the next thing I wanted to mention, I feel like I should have, I wish I'd have mentioned this uh, about, I guess a week ago. I'm, I'm about a, well, yeah, about a week late on this, but, uh, nevertheless, this is just a word of warning to you fellow Tesla enthusiasts. Uh, I'm not a fellow owner, but to you owners, especially now, and to you would be owners such as myself in the future who are also dog people. You may hear, uh, Maggie the Boxer snoozing away on the couch next to me. So, uh, and this is this is actually exclusively for california listeners here i 'll make this quick, but Governor Jerry Brown signed a bill uh, about a week and a half ago that actually makes it legal for people to break your car window to get your dog out if it looks like it, if it 's hot and it looks like the animal in the car is is in danger so Uh, This obviously is a a bill that comes with a good heart behind it, but it's especially relevant to certainly current Tesla owners in California and also us future Tesla owners because obviously, unlike other cars, Teslas can be air-conditioned, and especially now with the 8.0 update with the dog mode that I talked about last week, Teslas can be air-conditioned for unlimited amounts of time while you're away from the car, not just that 30-minute window that the, uh, this, the car used to give you before shutting down if you weren't in it. So uh, if you have a dog and you're, you're, you know, maybe you're out in the mall, the dog's in the car, but you know the dog is fine because it's 62 degrees in the car with your, that you've air-conditioned it with your app and you're keeping an eye on things with your, with your Tesla app, I highly suggest, now I can't, I'm not taking any credit for this. There are, there are Tesla owners who've already done this, but I wanted to pass the word along here. Make a sign, probably make two of them, one for each, the driver's side, uh, to put up in a driver's side window and one to put up in a passenger side window. Make a sign, laminate it in bold, you know, clear text, large text, possibly even with a photo of the climate control section of the app on it that says something along the lines of this car, the the dog in this car is air conditioned. Uh, uh, My smart, uh, the Tesla smartphone app allows me to remotely cool the car for unlimited durations or, you know, just uh, obviously that's too wordy, but I would highly encourage California Tesla owners to uh, to make that sign immediately. If you have a dog and, and the dog spends any time in your car at any point, and, uh, for those of you like me who will be Tesla owners at some point, file this one away in the back of your mind for, so that, uh, you don't get some, e- you know, overly eager cause you know, it's going to happen. You know, I mean, again, this, this law seems to, I don't have a problem with it cause it's anything that's going to save a, save a dog. I'm totally fine with, uh, but you know, there's going to be some over eager person who, uh, who just, who takes it upon themselves to s- smash the window, maybe a little, a little uh, prematurely. Now, to be fair, this bill, which is called uh, AB 797, says a citizen must first call law enforcement to report a situation in which he or she believes an animal to be in peril. So, you can't, someone can't just run around smashing car windows with dogs inside the cars willy nilly. But nevertheless, uh, maybe consider. Yeah, like I said, either make it or if you're a future Tesla owner, just file that one away for later. Now, as to uh, another little quick thing before I get to the Tesla news of the week, this was to be the weekend that I was going to uh, take my wife up on her lovely, very just generous and thoughtful birthday gift of renting me a Tesla, and we were going to go for a nice drive for four hours. We were going to rent it for four hours, and unfortunately... After looking at all of the model S's available in my immediate area here in the in the San Francisco area, unfortunately the uh the cars are all considered specialty cars, which I get, but with with that comes an apparent restriction from the renting company of limiting you to 15 miles driven per hour you have the car. So we, that would limit us to 60 miles, which is just not nearly enough. That's uh, you know you barely really get to drive it in that time, and for the for the money it was going to cost, I uh, I decided to to uh, pass on that and just you know just tell my wife, eh, keep your money. It's fine. We can we can figure out something else to do. Again, lovely gesture on her part, and I, and I don't necessarily fault get around. I mean I'm, I'm sure there are insurance costs and and different things and what have you, but um, I'm I'm lucky. I can't because. I got to spend significant time with an S on two separate occasions. Both the time the time I reviewed the P eighty five in twenty thirteen for IGN, and then when I the P eighty five D in twenty fifteen, and you know when I go to Arizona, I get to drive my cousin Pat's car. So uh, I, I am certainly a very fortunate Tesla fan, and that I have gotten to spend a good amount of time behind the wheel of a Tesla. Uh, Mark in Vermont though is on the line, and he has a suggestion for me with this situation that might be helpful. So Mark, I wanted to turn it over to you.
1: Hello, Ryan. This is Mark in Vermont. I was uh, giving you a call in regards to some of the past questions in the most recent episode about renting a Tesla. I myself recently was looking at that. Uh, I live obviously in Vermont and I have family in Phoenix as well. We were looking at doing a trip in February to go out there and there is a car sharing website uh called Turo, so T U R O dot com where people put their vehicles up on the website for you to rent from them directly. And there's two in Arizona and then also we were looking in California and obviously there's a lot more, but you can go to that website, type in where you're going or a major metropolitan area and see if anyone is renting a Tesla. You can search by model uh or uh by make. So that's uh that's an option for people that I plan on doing anytime going to do traveling and need to rent a car. so uh, so thought I'd share it. Thanks for the podcast. It's great. Take care.
0: Thank you very much for that call, Mark. I looked into Toro and they do uh have shops set up here in the Bay Area as well as a number of other major cities. And their rentals are done by the full day or longer, unlike get-around, which is by the hour. So uh, it's uh, looking through all the options, it's a bit more money than we can budget for this. But there was a Model X up there. In fact, a P90D Ludicrous X. uh, A little out of my price range, as actually really were the rest of them. But uh, as you noted, yeah, there were plenty here in the Bay Area. Even one Roadster, which was cool. The Roadster was was, uh, over $800 a day, which, Hey, I can understand it's supply and demand. There are very, very few Tesla roadsters, but you bring up something I hadn't even thought of with using a, a, a Turo or something. If you're, if you're in a, a city that supports that, the, that Turo uses, uh, and that's using it as a substitute for a rental car. You know, I, I was just looking for a joy ride, basically a fun afternoon with my wife. But some of the Teslas were fairly reasonably priced on there. Like, and by that, I mean in the, the 200s, like the low 200s per day. Some of them had a 100-mile limit. Others had a 200-mile-per-day limit, which is, which is plenty. So I'll tell you, if I end up in LA or some market where Turo operates, it's semi-reasonable to look at renting a Tesla instead of a cheap little economy size rental car. So uh, thank you, Mark, for calling in with that option. And uh, hopefully that's maybe of help to some other people in other cities who maybe Turo is in, their, in your market if you've, if you've thought about renting a Tesla. Now, let's get to the Tesla news of the week. First up is, of course, the huge delivery numbers for the third quarter. And, of course, the announcement was sent out by Tesla PR. It landed in my, my email box literally a few hours after last week's show was posted. But what are you going to do? So Tesla delivered, this is from Tesla's own news release, their own email. Tesla delivered approximately 24,500 vehicles in Q3, of which 15,800 were Model S and 8,700 were Model X. This was an increase of just over 70% from last quarter's deliveries of 14,400 to 70%. That part's mine. Uh, in addition to Q3 deliveries, about 5,500 vehicles were in transit to customers at the end of the quarter. These will not be counted as deliveries until Q4. Man, my goodness! If those had, if those had all been delivered, which I know not feasible, right? There are always going to be cars that are in transit at the end of a quarter and, and can't get counted. But imagine if they had, and if they had, that would have been an even. 30,000 cars, because that of course does include a lot of the cars uh, that were in transit last quarter on the, on the Q2, Q3 bridge, because Tesla even themselves notes that production rose to 25,185 vehicles in Q3, which is up 37% from Q2's production of 18,345. So uh, as you can see, the, the 5,500 vehicles in transit would it would add up to exactly 30,000 vehicles and they didn't produce 30,000 vehicles in Q3? So that that was, uh, you know, it's that, it's that quarter bleed over that that'll always seemingly be there. But this is obviously just fantastic for Tesla. Uh, this is great news, and we'll find out if they were in fact able to achieve Elon's big, big goal of profitability. We're going to find that out on October 26th, which is when Tesla will announce their full Q3 results. So that is going to be on, let's see, episode 63, 64. That's going to be episode 65 coming up in three shows from now. I got to say, I'm a little surprised that the mix is still two-thirds S and one-third X because it seemed like it was moving closer to a 50-50 split. I'm not sure it's ever going to get there, the way a lot of folks, myself very much included, thought it would before the car came out. Uh, with the popularity of, of SUVs in America, I, granted I'm a Tesla fanboy, a am very, very, uh, you know, uh, very bullish on Tesla. I thought for, I really thought that, that SUV, an SUV in America and a, and a Tesla SUV after the reaction to the Model S, that Tesla would sell as many, X's as S's, if not more Model X's. I thought maybe the X could even outsell the S, and maybe it's going to get there someday, but with the X being a bit more expensive and the, of course, the growing pains, to put it mildly, of the Model X, that hasn't happened. But even if it doesn't, as long as Tesla keeps selling so many Model S's, I mean, they they sold and delivered, uh, where was that figure? Sorry, it was... 15,800 S's alone this quarter, third quarter, and then you know, another 8,700 cars that were, that were Model X's. So if, as long as Tesla keeps selling so many S's, the mix might not matter too much. So stay tuned again. Three weeks, we'll, uh, we'll find out if they were in fact profitable and if they did in fact, as a, to paraphrase Elon, if I'm remembering correctly, if they could put that pie in the face of the naysayer's on Wall Street. The San Francisco Chronicle reports that in draft regulations released recently, the California Department of Motor Vehicles said car companies should not use the terms self-driving, automated, or autopilot in advertising unless their cars are capable of driving themselves without human passengers paying attention. This is certainly a we know who they're targeting here uh, that test in fact this was this was on the the that's the specific statement that pertains to tesla is is on the last page in the last paragraph of these of these 35 pages of regulations because i skimmed over it looking for the tesla part and i found it it is literally the last thing in there tesla issued a statement saying quote tesla is reviewing the draft regulations and will provide input to the DMV as appropriate. Autopilot makes driving safer and less stressful, and we have always been clear that it does not make a car autonomous any more than its namesake makes an aircraft autonomous. End quote. The specific clause about this, as I said, is it's literally the last thing. It reads quote, terms such as self-driving, automated, autopilot, or other statements. Made that are likely to induce a reasonably prudent person to believe a vehicle is autonomous as defined, constitute an advertisement that the vehicle is autonomous for the purposes of this section and vehicle code section 11713. Of course, uh, there were, you always have the anti Tesla groups out to jump on any little thing, and John Simpson. Of, with consumer watchdog described by The Chronicle as a nonprofit group that has been critical of Tesla's Autopilot deployment, this gentleman, John Simpson, says, "quote It's really a driver assist technology, and it was being advertised as Autopilot. That was outrageous. You can tell the uh, the tone and inflection is mine, not necessarily Mr. Simpson's. <laughs> hey, the advertising regs are exactly what's required." So this is hilarious because number one, Tesla does not and has not ever advertised. They don't do that. Now I know I'm uh, I'm splitting hairs a little, but so are they it, with the term advertisement. Uh, you know, you could say that it being on their on Tesla's website is advertisement. You know, I am saying, of course, advertisement is in putting up billboards somewhere or spending dollars to market something. But number two. Again, as Elon himself has clarified on many occasions and Tesla just mentioned in their own statement, autopilot means the human is right there waiting to take control. Uh, that, it, you know, it's it's an assist, not a self-piloting term. So, I don't want to get too tinfoil hat on you, but I I have to wonder if this watchdog group that's been critical of Tesla is one of these, you know, many little... Outfits funded by the Koch brothers. Uh, again, not to get too tinfoil hat, but we've seen it. We know. I mean, that that's out there that they're spending all kinds of money in all kinds of weird little ways, trying to trying to uh, you know defeat elect electric vehicles. So, anyway, uh, one other note from the article is that quote. Uh, this is the Chronicle article, not the draft regulations. The Chronicle writes quote. The draft regulations issued Friday contain some elements likely to please automakers testing autonomous vehicles in California, while other proposals address concerns raised by consumer advocates. In a break from previous drafts, the new proposal would allow companies, such as Tesla in this case, obviously, to test on public roads highly uh, highly autonomous cars that don't have a human in the driver's seat. However, however, those cars would need to be in constant contact with a remote operator monitoring the tests, and any company performing such tests would first have to secure the permission of the city or community where those tests would take place. So I think that's great. Uh, that, that That's why I wanted to end this that news segment on a high note because it is the state saying, you know, yes, they're saying, hey, we don't think autopilot is fair to say, uh, but at the same time, whether or not you agree with that and a lot of tesla fans probably will not agree with that criticism of the of the California state DMV it is good that they that they are embracing this future of autonomous capable cars by saying hey we're totally cool with car companies testing their driverless cars here in California as long as they you know go through the due diligence of getting sign of getting community sign off and, uh, you know, keeping an eye on the car. So I think that's perfectly reasonable. I think that's, that's excellent of the California DMV to not just to turn a blind eye to this or to shun it, to, to say, Hey, we're, you know, they're basically saying we're embrace we want to embrace this future. Let's make sure to do it in a reasonable and safe way. So that is that one. Now, uh, this next story, I have to admit, I this was a this was news to me in the sense that I just didn't think. I guess I misunderstood how the internet browser in the Teslas uh, was sort of powered in a sense because Elon was asked on Twitter, "When will we, when will we be getting an updated browser in the S and X?" And he replied to the gentleman saying. When we upgrade the core Linux OS to 4.4, which is probably December. So I have to admit, I I guess I uh, had a bit of technical ignorance here. I didn't realize that the sluggish browser speed, if you've never been in a Tesla, uh, it's very cool that it has a full internet browser built into the car. And that browser can technically be used while you're driving, but I don't think anyone does because it's actually pretty slow. For, so if you haven't been in a Tesla, the, the browser is uh, not the—I mean, you, could, you pull out your phone, and that, that browser on your phone is going to be much, much quicker to, uh, to use, uh, much quicker to load pages than the Tesla's browser— you know, the cars all had 3G in the first uh what three years. Three or three or so, two and a half, three years. But they've for the last you know year and a half or so, all the cars, year, year and a half, all the cars have had LTE in them. So it's not a bandwidth issue. But I always thought it was uh that it was the Tegras fault, the NVIDIA Tegra chip. That's the GPU in the car. You know, it's there have been newer Tegras released since the Model S came out, but the cars all still have the same Tegra chip in them. So I always thought it was a GPU issue, that the, the, the browsers just couldn't, you know, the, just wasn't processing the graphics the, fast enough, and that's why the Tesla car browser was always sluggish. But apparently, Elon, Elon says it's an OS issue, which is good because that means it's a software issue and not a hardware issue. And it it can get fixed and retroactively better for, uh, well, not retroactive, but, you know, better for every existing car instead of if it were a, a GPU issue and we'd have to wait for Tesla to implement a new NVIDIA Tegra chip, which would, you know, mean that every car built before that time wouldn't benefit. You know, they, they, their cars would still have sluggish internet browsers. So uh, it looks like Tesla's revving the OS. Uh, they're moving everything up to a, a Linux OS 4.4, and that should hopefully make the uh, browser a good bit zippier. I will say, though, remember Elon said probably December, and it is Elon time we're talking about here. We love Elon, but timelines, not quite his, his uh, strongest suit. Of all the things Elon does well, holding to deadlines, be they you know, usually self-imposed, are not necessarily his his strongest suit. So I would simply recommend that you Tesla owners out there not get your hopes up too high for December. Final news item this week, and I thought maybe the most interesting, even though it's maybe some of you don't even care if you don't like these colors, but I'm always uh, fascinated when stuff like this happens. Solid white and metallic silver those two paint colors are gone. They're no longer in the design studio for uh, either the Model S or the Model X. Now, uh, this is in fact, which makes sense because of course, both cars are, they run the same, they run through the same paint shop. There's one paint shop that's in uh, the entire Tesla factory in Fremont. This is, in fact, the second death for Metallic Silver, which was killed off the first time a while ago, only to be brought back. But both of these are very surprising to me because I see a ton of white Model S's, and I imagine that not all of those cars are pearl white cars because the pearl white is a $1,500 premium for that multi coat, you know, sparkle paint. Whereas the solid white was was quote unquote free, it was it didn't require any additional cost. Uh, most of the colors in the in either Tesla you know, again one paint shop are a metallic paint that are a, an additional one thousand dollars on top of the base price of the car. Solid black and solid white were both no additional cost. So now. You, uh, you only have one choice, one color that won't cost you an additional thousand uh, dollars on your bill. So uh, I thought that was that was uh, a little interesting that we're not going to have more than one, f- quote unquote, free color choice anymore. And meanwhile, the silver also, by the way, you know, you've heard me say it most of the not i mean a substantial percentage of the model x's i've been seeing which is more and more of them every day and yes i know it's it's anecdotal evidence in a one area of the country but it is a very dense tesla area of the country i've seen uh, i've seen more white model x's than i've seen any other color and it's not even close meanwhile the silver Model Ss were a lot more common, at least around here, in the early days of the car. I'm talking from the signature days uh, all the way, like right from the beginning. I would see lots of silver cars in the early going. I don't see nearly as many silver ones anymore, possibly because silver was, in fact, discontinued at one point before. Uh, And in fact, I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've yet to see a silver model X with my own eyes, but I have seen photos and silver, you know, seems to be such a popular car color in general that the fact that it's been killed off twice now by Tesla surprises me. You'd think that silver just seems to be a generally common and generally popular car color. But, uh, I will note that if you do want either of these colors and you you plan to order a car, a Tesla, very, very soon, Elon has said in the past that you can order them, quote, off-menu for a short time after they've been removed from the design studio. So be sure to speak with your, your uh, sales advisor, your delivery specialist, as soon as you place the order for your car, if you are interested in either of those colors. All right, that'll do it for this week in Tesla news. Not a ton going on, just, you know, a handful of... Uh, sort of you know medium medium uh, important stories you know no no sort of nines or tens out there on the on the on the you know megaton scale but just a solid solid crop of a of a small handful of tesla news story this w- stories this week pardon me boy i cannot speak here on the weekend <laughs> i will be right back with a few more excellent phone calls for you from the ride the lightning hotline right after this It's that time of the show again, your time of the show, the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where I take your phone calls left in voicemail form at a toll-free number I'll give you in a second so that you can call in with questions, comments, discussion topics, reactions to things I've said or things other callers have said on previous episodes. It's, uh, it's our chance to have our little Tesla community discussion about everything that's going on, help each other out from time to time, that's, uh, that's a common theme is listeners helping other listeners, me trying to help you guys, you guys helping me in a lot of cases. I love it. So, uh, with the Ride the Lightning hotline, it is of course uh, the the time for the the motto, the the uh, the small print as it were. <laughs> and that's if you've got a question, comment or discussion topic for the podcast, call the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime toll-free at 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888 989 TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Our first call comes from Eric in Australia reacting to the Tesla hearse story last week, and he has. Some uh, a different way to look at this. So, Eric, you're on the air.
2: Hi, Ryan. It's Eric Levin from Australia. I just wanted to make a quick comment on the Tesla hearse. I totally get what you were saying, you being dead and not caring, and I'd like to introduce a different viewpoint, not from the point of view of the person who is dead, but all the others. Uh, hearse, Typically, it travels very, very slowly when uh, the funeral process is taking place, and all the people who are not yet dead follow that hearse with walking pace, um, inhaling the fumes produced by the ice engine. And I suspect that uh, probably a huge percentage of the hearse's lifespan is spent going at walking pace, and possibly just idling. If you've got a hearse with flowers on it, uh, in it uh, on a uh, summer's day, you probably have to keep the engine running to keep the air conditioning going. And uh, from that point of view, I think that Tesla hearse makes a huge amount of sense because it is silent, produces no emissions, uh, people can be around it with the engine running and not having to breathe the toxic fumes, and uh, Maybe even makes economic sense with the lifespan of a hearse as they travel very low kilometers and I guess will last a very, very long time before they are retired. So that's just an alternative viewpoint on that. Thanks, Ryan. Love your show.
0: Bye. Great points here, Eric. You know, you're wise to note that hearses often move super slow and that those cars are in service for a long, long time before being retired. so that's a lot of, of uh, emissions of the worst kind of the, you know the, the low mile, miles per gallon, the, the sort of worst kind uh, being pumped into the air. So you know, you're saying in other words, that there's still plenty to be gained from a Tesla hearse or a zero emissions hearse from the people that are still living. Uh, I still I still wouldn't like specifically request one. As part of my own funeral wishes, at least not now. Hopefully I've got a lot of time before before I'm riding in a hearse. Uh, But if my surviving family members wanted to get one for me and or themselves, I certainly wouldn't object either from this life or the next. So uh, thanks, Eric. Let's go now to Tommy from Michigan, who, uh, this isn't Tesla specific, but I'm hoping we can help Tommy out a little bit. He's just looking for a little... Advice with a with a project. So Tommy, what do you need? Hi, Ryan. This is Tommy from Michigan, long
1: time listener. Since you've been in radio for so long, I thought I'd ask you for advice. I'm representing my high school robotics team on a local radio station and was wondering what tips you would give a first timer. Email me at threebeard at gmail.com. That is T
2: H R E E B E
0: R D at Gmail dot com. Thanks and keep it great, work. Tommy, thank you very much, and I will say that uh, you know, you, I'm flattered that you listen to me and uh, are sort of taking notes and and wanting some advice on on speaking on the radio. Uh, now, let me be clear: what I do is very much not radio. I'm not a professional. I'm a I'm a uh, very much an amateur, <laughs> even if it seems like I mean, if it seems like I 'm professional, i 'll take that as a compliment, but I 'm just a guy with a podcast, just like everybody else on the internet. Everybody's got a podcast these days, but uh, I've been doing this long enough where i 'm very comfortable with it. So thus, my advice would be number one, just be yourself. don't think about the microphone or the audience that you're broadcasting to. Number two, this is going to sound cheesy and cliche, but relax. You know, you've know, you got to relax. If you're, if you're all wound up tight, you're, you're not going to uh, speak well. You're not going to come off well. And number three, and this is something that I am working very much on to this day, is try to limit your ums and uhs. I'll bet you could go back and count plenty of them just on this episode alone. I I, do, I try to stay conscious of it. But they do get out there, and that's why I'm still very much an amateur, uh, quote unquote, broadcaster. I don't even know if I would call myself that. But that is uh, limiting the ums and uhs is a great way to become a professional. So uh, good luck. So there's an uh right there, right there. Caught myself. Don't think about it. Relax. Be yourself. You'll be fine. And good luck representing your group on the radio there. Finally this week in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, let me go to Joey from Chicago, who poses an extremely interesting question about autonomous cars. Joey, what do you got?
1: Hey, Ryan. It's Joey from Chicago, at MostADD on Twitter. Um, first off, love the show. been listening since episode one. Um, my question uh, is has to do with the eventual, uh, autonomous driving. Um, a couple weeks ago, Tim from kind of funny brought up a topic about, um, where, um, morality lies with, uh, self-driving cars. And he talked about a site called moral, machine.mit.edu. And uh, it had a lot of scenarios that, uh, they're having people vote on. And it was uh, just kind of an interesting, uh, thing that I hadn't thought of when it comes to, you know, once self-driving cars are popular, uh, how do they decide what to do in an emergency? And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and um, um, keep up the great work. Thanks. First of all, Joey, that is a great
0: question. You're referring to when an autonomous vehicle is in a lesser of two evils emergency situation, such as Oh, something bad is happening in front of me and I need to react, but there's a a dog walker with a pack of dogs if I swerve one way, or a group of school children if I go the other way. So second of all, this is such a great question that I am 100% adding it to my list of questions for Elon Musk if I ever, ever get the chance to interview him, because He could answer this a million times better than I could, because I, in fact, can't answer it. And uh, granted, he could answer just about any question a million times better than I could. Anyway, though, Elon will ultimately be the person that does, in fact, answer this question and makes that decision. I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna go. Presumably, it's gonna be a big discussion with Elon And Sterling Anderson, who heads up the autopilot team, and the rest of the autopilot team. But maybe, I thought about this some more. I wanted to say, I wanted to have something at least thought provoking to say in response to this. So I thought about it a little more and I thought, well, maybe Elon, as he's working on this, as I'm sure he actually is now, perhaps Elon will consult the other members of OpenAI, which is, of course, an independent group that he's with that's trying to, that's working on uh, auto, uh, pardon me, artificial and in, auto intelligence, artificial intelligence. And they are doing so, they're, they're, they're a group that's very much for making sure that AI, the inevitable AI that is made is safe and is doesn't, you know, basically turn into judgment day and launch nukes and kill us all. Uh, but yeah, I could see Elon maybe consulting, with the other members of OpenAI, since that group is a group of super smart people who have to think about that stuff in a very, very similar context. So it's going to be interesting to see how that develops and how that unfolds. More excellent calls this week. Everybody was awesome. If Again, if you've got a question, comment, discussion topic, give me a ring toll-free. You just leave a voicemail anytime, day or night. You can call or Skype, and the number again, is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back for you to wrap up a few things and sign off with Maggie the Snoring Boxer here in just a second. All right, before I get out of here this week, I want to mention abstractocean.com. They are an excellent sort of little side business, little Tesla accessories business that sells just, you know, things that aren't, they're not big, major, you know, I don't even know how to say it, just crazy conversions. or It's just, it's handy little things, handy little things for the car, whether it's a silicone key fob pocket or an LED lighting kit for the interior or exterior to convert the, the car's, you know, non-LED bulbs to LED. And again, they they reached out and they've had uh, such, you know, I, I came aware of them from positive word of mouth on the Tesla Motors Club forums. They reached out to me and said, hey, uh, we'd like to, like to offer your listeners a, a discount, a coupon code. So if you're shopping at abstractocean.com for Tesla accessories, uh, including lanyards for those of us who aren't owners yet, you can still get something fun there. Uh, So it's abstractocean.com, and use the coupon code RTLpodcast at checkout to get 20% off of your order. So thanks very much to the abstractocean.com folks for that. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. The referral program still running. It's just about over. You've got one week left as of me recording this. So less than a week to go. I guess at this point, the only way to benefit would be if you're buying an inventory car, but plenty of people do that and have done that. Uh, So if you're going to be picking up a, a Tesla imminently via a showroom car, an inventory car, you can use Kevin Rapp's code, which will get Kevin some awesome prizes for being nice enough to donate his code. It'll get me a chance to win a Model X in the raffle, uh, and it'll get you, most importantly, $1,000 off of your car. So here's the URL to use or to just give to the sales advisor uh, at Tesla. It's the, the URL is ts.la slash Kevin4901. Or just give the, if you're dealing direct with Tesla, just give them Kevin4901. Uh, subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter At teslaweekly.com, he delivers a nice roundup each and every Friday. The folks at teslarati.com, they are on top of things on a daily basis, posting all kinds of Tesla news. Uh, Love their redesign, by the way, that happened about a month or two ago. And the Patreon that I uh, have launched for this show a few months ago. It's going great. I want to thank everybody for their support. If you enjoy this podcast, you get something out of it. You listen to it on a regular basis. A lot of time, energy, and effort does go into this. Uh, so would love it if you would at least take a look at the Patreon page. Maybe perhaps consider a pledge. Every little bit helps. The URL for that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled... P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And I think that is everything. That is everything. Oh, just wanted to thank the Patreon producers, in fact. These are the kind folks who pledge $20 or more per month saying thanks to Jeff Bartram, uh, new guy, new addition to these ranks, Paul Hussey. DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, John Walltower, and Scott Gillis. And, uh, yo, reminder on that note, actually, that the fourth Patreon exclusive bonus episode, those are monthly extra episodes, uh, one extra episode a month that goes up for uh, folks that are pledging $10 or more a month, that's where all the extra awesome Ride the Lightning Hotline calls go. And we have ourselves a little extra extra long Ride the Lightning Hotline session once a month. That is for the Patreon folks. And this month's that just went up last week features calls from, uh, so listen if you hear your name called, Paul from Texas, Tim from Dayton, Ohio, Brent from British Columbia, William from Valley Village, Lawton from Chicago, and Travis from Ohio are all uh, on episode four that released last weekend. So thanks everybody so much for listening. I'm just having a blast, man, a blast. What, what did I try to say? I'm not sure what that A blust? Blurst? That was like, I was trying to say two things at the same time. And I don't even know what the second thing was. Again, my brain seems to be a little mixed. It maybe it's because I just woke up from a nap. I'm recording the show on Saturday afternoon and trying to get it done, you know, as early as possible. Uh, and, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not quite fully awake again yet. Had a nice little afternoon nap. I'll tell you, the older I get, the, the more I like afternoon naps. I guess it's that sort of life going full circle. You nap when you're a baby, and then, and then you don't. And then well, you get a little older, and naps start, start feeling good again. But in any case, uh, thanks everybody so much for listening, hopefully each and every week. Whether you've been listening for one episode or for 62 episodes, I thank you so much for just uh, giving me an, you know, approximately 45 minutes to an hour of your time each and every week. I do genuinely appreciate it. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you all again next week.